大変長らくお待たせしました VR2! VR2! Go just do your thing. Go, go. I'm, I am going to shake this thing of thumbtacks the entire time. God damn it. <laughs> Welcome to Movie the Podcast. That's right, Movie the Podcast. It is. What month is this? Forward March? No. What is Chadwick Bose March? Chadwick Bose March. But we are off, we're off theme for yeah. TJ's birthday. That's right. We watched. Battle Royale 2! <laughs> the Requiem. No, but it's just Battle Royale 2. Requiem is just... It's just regular ass Re- Requiem. Well, they put yeah. Requiem... They put Requiem at the end of Battle Royale 1. It's like the, the extended edition, so I guess this is also like the extended director's cut or whatever. Yeah, big shout out to the Blu-ray company that made it for not labeling any of the discs. I had to look at the fucking box to see which disc is which. Nice. <laughs> Oh, you got that Blu-ray set that came out like a little while ago? Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, but we watched Battle Royal 2, a much maligned film uh, that I was really excited to dive back into. I have, yeah, I, 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 have it, I have thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. I think this was only my second viewing of Battle Royal 2. Um, and, this was uh, a movie that, I mean, we're talking like early internet days, like very early internet days. I was so pumped for this fucking movie to come out. I remember, like, there was a uh, Battle Royal message board that I was on, and, like, sh- shitty, Was it called like, Battle Royal? No, I, I think it was just called, Shame. like, Battle, BattleRoyal.net or some bullshit. But, like, when the trailer came out, like, it was, like, the crappiest, like, little tiny square video. And I remember, like, just being so pumped. And then I had to... You know, this was way back in the day, so it came out in Japan first, obviously, and then like I had to wait and wait and wait to get like a bootleg of uh, of it to finally watch. So it's very, it, was, it just I, I wrote, there's a lot of lot of good memories about this movie. Just just like remembering the old like innocent days of of the internet and actually waiting for shit and being excited. Not like now, where it's just like everything sucks and I don't care about anything. But it's readily available. It sucks if it's readily available. Yeah, it's it's funny how that works. Like I don't know, there it, there was a certain charm back then to things. There was a it, 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 everything's uh, cynical and terrible now. But uh, anyway, moving on. Speaking uh, of cynical and terrible. Yeah. So. Uh, what did y'all watch this week? I I only watched one thing, which is tabled. And I watched it with you two, with with Alec and Gog. So, uh, Sean, uh, I watched two things. Two, two things. things. I watched uh, an HBO documentary about Craig Carton, the guy that did the Boomer Esiason show. Does that ring a bell to anybody? No. no. He had a radio show in New York, and he went to jail for like uh, defrauding a hedge fund to gamble or something. It's like this like really run of the mill documentary, but it made me think that I hadn't heard sports radio since I moved. And I oh, feel yeah. like I'm a better person for it because yeah. sports radio is like the bottom of the barrel of media. It's, it's so bad. And like, I think I said this to Alec before, because Alec and I have, have been in the car and listened to smidgets of uh, sports radio here and there. But like, it's it's the same show every day, right? Like you could you could put audio in from like a year ago to today. And it's like, it's always just the same shit. Like, <gasps> I like fans Dan. with their. Go ahead, guys. Sorry. I say I like I like Dan Lebetard because he was like the the anti sports radio sports radio guy. But you're right. Every other sports radio show is basically 
I like that psycho. Well, national sports radio show, shows are even worse than local. At least local, you get some information about the team you care about. You get some like, flavor. I hate when 105.7, like, at night, they put on, like, the national show, and they're talking about, like, the hey, San Francisco what, Giants. Yeah, we're here. Like, we got the Tampa Bay Lightning minus two. That kind oh, of man, I did like, I liked, I liked Scott that, Farrell, he though. Scott Farrell, he doesn't do it anymore. He uh, was great in a different show now or something. Scott Farrell used to drive me nuts because he was the sports guy on the Howard Stern channel on Sirius for a yeah. while. That's how I first heard of him. But he'd play, like, music during his show, and it's, like, so distracting. Like, he's talking, and, like, there's just songs playing underneath him talking, and it's, like, people – it was funny because, like, every sixth or seventh caller would be, like, why do you have music playing? And he'd have to defend it, like, every night. He's, like, well, it's like a bar. If you're at a bar, the music's playing. It's, like, no, but I'm not at a bar. I'm listening to this, and it's really irritating. It also doesn't help that his voice sounded like a pillowcase full of, like, glass and gravel and a front-load washer. Like, he's, like, hey. It was, like, if Harvey Firestein drank a glass of sand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like, sports radio is, like, slash pole for boomers. Like, it's, like, the worst shit on earth. Yeah, it's really bad. I think it's you watch a documentary about a guy who defund or who defrauded a hedge fund to gamble because it's well, like I, to, I like that part of it. But yeah, that part rocks. So, you, so you're still gambling. You took you took gambling money from gamblers to go yeah, but gamble. He paid them back, and the, they got him because like he borrowed it to buy some for some other like spurious business thing, and he used it to gamble. But then he paid them back anyway, so they just got him because you have to use it for the express purpose or some bullshit. Like they didn't even like beat him for any money. Hmm. So I uh, not recommend. I watched um, Train Spotting Two Judgment Day. Oh, T- and... it's actually called T Two, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> How uh, was that? that? It's excellent. Like I think yeah, it's yeah. Wow, it's like it it came out and like no one talked about it. Like it came yeah. out to no fanfare at all. It's one of these weird sequels to a movie where like we've almost we're almost running a parallel age to the characters. Like this mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often where, I mean, they're like 10 years older than us. I think the actors, but the yeah. characters are like five years older than us. Right. But it's like, it's just, it kind of goes to show that like, you don't get better as you get older. You just get older. Like you're still just as fucked up. Right. Right. And like, it's kind of dealing with like, how nothing really changes and the, the whole, you can't go home again. There's a great line where, uh, Sick boy goes, uh, look, you're on something like you're on a worse drug nostalgia. It's like you're a tourist in your own fucking youth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. It's, did uh, Danny Boyle direct this one too, or he no? He did, and I wanted to say that like it's. I really appreciate it with all the boring dialogue heavy movies we watch. Like this is a like a character drama, but like Danny Boyle's an interesting filmmaker. So there's all kinds of weird angles and like stunt type shit that you know how Danny Boyle makes movies. Sure. But it keeps all the slow parts like visually interesting, and the movie's like two hours long, and it flies by. How did you watch it? Is it on anything? I, I rented it on Amazon. Okay, I, I gotta um, check it out. I it, I really wanted to watch it when they announced it, and then I just kind of you know I forgot about it, and here we are. <laughs> it's funny because like Amazon, like uh, the subtitles change the Scottish uh, slang. So oh, there's yeah. like, or Renton's, Renton's like, did you knob her? But the subtitle said, did you fuck her? <laughs> <laughs> They're doing the work for you. That's translating it for you. I like that. 
But uh, yeah, that's a strong recommend. If if I had seen it, whatever year, 2017, it would have been on my list. Wow. I got yeah. watch okay. But uh, that's, all, that's all I watched. Uh, Alec. I watched four things. That's, that's the Alec. That there he is. It. Yeah. <laughs> It was, a, it was last a slow. Week. It was a slow week. <laughs> um, so starting off, uh, Nomadland. Is I, that the trailer park movie? Uh, not trailer park, like wandering caravan with uh, Francis McDermott, right? Yeah, yep. all, directed all by uh, Chloe Zhao, who's, that? who's also directing the uh, Marvel Eternals movie that's coming up. Weird. When's that yeah. ever coming out? It's like September, I think. Oh yeah. Um, I believe it's really good. September. September. It's good, um, huh? I really liked it. Francis McDormand's really good, I, but I mean, it's like she's Francis, she's been, really good. She's just really, a really good actress. I can't really think um, of a bad performance. Yeah. So. This this town, this woman, she used to work at a a, a gypsum mill. A gypsum Did mill closed. The whole, the, I, yeah. yeah. The whole town slowly just died. Like, the town's just not there anymore. Like, they were the... They said, like, the zip code was retired because nobody lived there. Everybody moved on. Wow. So it's just this dead factory and dead town. So she starts living in her van and... I. They call them nomads. They have another name too in the movie. I can't remember what it is, but they like they drive to uh, like to areas and live in their vehicles and work until the work dries up, and then they go somewhere else. But like hmm. like they have like deals with like Amazon, where they'll work for Amazon for like a few months and get a free place to park their van or trailer or whatever for that time while they're there. It's a really interesting movie, and it's really neat, and it's like based on real, like a real uh, what do they call like movement? Is uh because there's on, a guy. It's on it's Prime, a, right? It's on Hulu. It's a Hulu. Hulu. I think it got, it's a Hulu exclusive, I believe. Um, but that's really good. She's there's a, there's her, and there's one other real actor, and everybody else is just people from these like real caravans. Oh, that's interesting. Are yeah, they like, like do they no, come off as like do they come off like weird and wooden or they like, No, they come off as like authentic and apparently some of them didn't even know it was like a movie. They just thought they were interacting with this with Francis McDormand and like a documentary crew was like filming it. They didn't realize it was like a yeah. drama. Cuz like what the, there was that one movie about that that guy he he like he like took there was like a, a train that got taken over by terrorists and there was like three Mm. Rangers or something on the train. That one guy is Clint Eastwood. Under Siege Two, <laughs> and that was, that, movie, East, that was a Clint Eastwood movie where they had that the was real soldiers. Yeah, the real was, soldiers like acted in it. It was, but they it. were like terrible in it, right? It was so bad, yeah. Yeah, of course they were. It was fucking what a dumb idea. Like what? Like what a bad idea. <laughs> like, oh, they were actually in it. Yeah, can they act? No. Oh, okay. Give me Leo DiCaprio instead. Well, I think the thing is, is from from I'm just guessing from what Alec is saying. Like these people aren't the main part of the movie, whereas 
Clint Eastwood yeah. made those guys like the thrust of the film. <laughs> like also, it like, also it, they're not acting in the movie; they're just doing whatever they're doing, right? So right. like they don't have the opportunity to be wooden. Yeah, they're just like they're ancillary pieces. They're not. There's no focus on them. Yeah, it sounds kind of like at all under the skin, like what yeah. they did with that movie. Like all the people that, well, not all. There's one of them that's a plant, but. Most of the people that Scarlett Johansson talks to don't, don't they don't realize they're being filmed. Like they they had like a bunch of hidden cameras all in the van. It's just and a like, bunch of guys being creeps. Basically, you should watch the movie. Well, I don't know if you'd like the movie, but, but it's an interesting movie. And it's, uh, yeah, it's not the most approachable film. It, I love it. I think it's fantastic. But it's funny because you'll read people's reviews and like, oh, those actors are bad. And it's like, yeah, bro, they're not actors. They're the shot at Gonzo. It's basically <laughs> yeah. like a bang bus was real and also a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> also, um, one of the few yeah. movies you get to see an erect penis. Shout out to Mark erect penises. Yeah, I don't want to alarm you, but I watch movies with erect penises all the time. I mean, I mean, films. Feature length. Like, you know, like, like Kino. Not gay porn. <laughs> Is there a different kind of porn now? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's some gross stuff where they throw a woman in there, but I don't know what that's about. I guess that's for science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Alex. Sorry. Uh, watch uh, Black and Blue. Oh, some... that looked that looked pretty good. That's with uh, I saw. I remember the trailer for that. It's like about yeah. a. Go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, Frank Frank Rillo's in it. Tyrese Gibson's in it. Uh, Michael Coulter is in it. The main character is uh, Naomi. Yeah, I can't remember her last name. She she's, uh, she's really good. She's uh, she was uh, played uh, Money Penny in the new Bond movies. She also was. I can't remember the, her last name. I don't. I, I, she was the main character's mother in Moon Moonlight, and she's been in a bunch of movies. She's she's very good. She is. And the movies the movies uh really good. Like I enjoyed it. It was a little long. Naomi Harris, that's her name. Um, it was a little long, but everybody's performances are really good. Uh it's about oh, she was in twenty eight days later. She was the uh, Oh yeah. How did I forget? Like, her? even though that movie's like twenty years old now, she was in that. She was yeah, the right. one of the people that he finds on the road. Yeah. Um Oh, yeah, real so quick, she, I'm sorry. You made me think of this, Alec. I didn't mean to cut you off. But uh, the girl Diane from Train Spotting, the young girl in the first movie, mm-hmm. she, she's in this. She was the wife in uh, No Country for Old Men. She played uh, Luella Moss's wife. I had no idea that was her. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> so she's the one at the end that uh, that she has the, the be- one of the best scenes in the whole movie with Anton oh, yeah, Cigar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the bills are late. It's like, I wouldn't worry about that. God, I love that <laughs> scene. That scene yeah. is so good. Sorry, Alex. No, you're fine. Um, so she is a fairly rookieish cop, and she gets paired with a grizzled veteran, and they're going about their their business. And she uh, he gets a call on a cell phone to go meet an informant, and he says, "Stay in the car." She gets out of the car, follows him, and sees uh, Frank Grillo blow the informant away. Then they see her and they try to kill her, and hijinks ensue. <laughs> um, without giving too much away, like it's 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 a pretty good movie. Like I was actually impressed with it. 
I, I didn't have very high expectations. It was just, I, it was something, it was that. And I feel like the 21 bridges, I saw the trailers for like a million oh, yeah. times. Yeah. The, like what last, not last fall, but the fall before that at AMC. Cause I'd go at least once a week to see a movie. I feel like I saw those trailers at least like 20 times. I that trailer for 21 bridges. I feel like they, we saw that trailer like for months. Like they kept. I feel like it. it came out with like Endgame. <laughs> yeah, and it I still feel, yeah, was. It, it still was like being it shown like in December. Well, because remember, same trailer. Part of the promotion in the trailer is from the the minds of the Russo brothers or whatever, because they produced it. I think they might have wrote that movie too. But uh, yeah. yeah. So Black yeah. was uh, Black and Blue on anything, or did you rent it? It's on. Prime on the uh, stars add-on. Stars. So gods can watch it. Yeah, I can watch it too. Apparently, <laughs> so can I. Because <laughs> I bought it. I still have it. I still have my subscription to Stars. What I just, I think I got Showtime now. I had BET for a minute. I had BET for a week to watch Space Jam. Showtime. The uh, not uh, not show, what did I what did I see the other day? Oh, the, did I? We already talked about this. The, the I guess. HBO Max absorbed all the like good Cinemax content, so like Banshee yeah. and The Nick are on there now, which are two really good shows. That like what about Red Red Shoe Diaries? I'm sure what that's about that, show, is that Showtime. That might have been Showtime. No, it was Cinemax. <laughs> David Duchovny was <laughs> talking about banging women. Yeah, he banged classic, a lot. Of women. Classic Duchovny. So I started listening to this podcast called "Films to Be Buried With." I've never heard it's, of it. It's 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 a neat good. podcast. It's uh better than ours. Are you gonna be I a mean, guest on their it show? Have to be. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, they had Yvette Nicole Brown on, or the guy the host had her on like last week. She's the um, uh, the older black lady from Community. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And she's in that one scene in Avengers Endgame. She's in the That's elevator, right. the elevator scene. Because the telling Russo's, the, didn't the Russos work on Community? That's like the connection. Yeah, they worked yeah. on Community and they worked on Arrested Development. Like that's how they started in those comedies. But they brought her in to film that scene, and they filmed it. But it was supposed to be for Infinity War. So she saw Infinity War and thought it got cut. And then oh. <laughs> her and a bunch of friends went to see Endgame when it came out. And she's telling the story how she's slowly realizing that her scene's about to come up in the movie. <laughs> That uh, she hadn't told anybody about because she had to sign like non disclosure agreements sure, and stuff, sure, sure. and like she's just like losing her mind in the theater waiting <laughs> for her, waiting to show up on screen. That's gotta be neat. That's gotta yeah, be really that's, cool. That's, I was like, that's a cool little cool little that's story. A- the pod the podcast is pretty good. I found it because one of the guys is the star, one of the stars and writer Star-er. and producer of uh, Ted Lasso. Oh, the guy okay. who the guy who does it. Um, anyway, moving on beyond, moving away from other podcasts. I didn't even realize uh, there were other podcasts. Coming, coming number two, America. I got to assume <laughs> that you didn't like it because this is the first you've mentioned it, like in analog or otherwise. I, I, I it, feel like I would have heard about it before. It is perfectly acceptable. Oh, okay. But like trying to like I saw like I saw Elliot said he loved it and I was like he you he's the first if, person I've seen that said they really liked it everybody if you love like, the original I don't if you love the first one I don't see how you could love this this is a shell <laughs> of coming to America how do how do you what are your feelings of the original film I love it it's like it's it great might be Eddie Murphy yeah, it's real good movie. yeah like yeah, it's, it's very good so goddamn good do you like you it's, like it better than Trading Places uh yeah. everybody does. 
I mean, it's no <laughs> except golden for Gogs. It's no golden child. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe everybody except for Gogs. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely better than Golden Child. Maybe, but I watched Golden. I mean, Child that movie's still good too. I watched <laughs> Golden Child about a thousand times because it was all Eddie Murphy for deal. about five years. Just was like banger after banger after banger. I don't not, my, not even including Raw and Delirious. I mean, I I have a soft spot for uh, Forty Eight Hours, but I feel like Coming to America is a better movie. Yeah, Forty Eight Hours is a tough sit these days. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like Nick Nolte, like exercising all his Dude, Nick Nolte is dropping like racist terms I've never heard before in that movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna repeat him, but Reggie, goddamn moon cricket, like what? Yeah, yeah, what? You gotta be a special kind of racist to come up with ones you gotta. Yeah, look you gotta up. like call your dad and be like, "Hey, you know what this means?" <laughs> oh yeah, that's a classic. Sit down, son. Let me tell you the tale. <laughs> All right, but so it's, uh, it's coming like, to America. It's, it's fine. It's yeah. not. It's not like I, I. I honestly, I would love to know how Elliot felt about the original. Because when I saw him like say how much he loved this, like, I was shocked. Like, because I don't know, it's I, not as it's not nearly as edgy. Yeah. Um, well, it can't be. Play, it's like super safe. The original had titty in it. Yeah. Lots of Wesley, titty. Wesley Snipes is really good in it. He plays like an African warlord. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's really good in it. Well, um, that's disappointing because I was really, because I, uh, what's the Dolomite movie that he did that we watched together? Oh, that was I so thought, good. That was so good. And I was like, well, he still got it. Maybe he can make a great sequel to Coming to America. But, you know, making a comedy sequel is always hard. And making one. 30 years after the fact or whatever is even harder. Oh, definitely. And then in the trailer, I saw like them Um, like talk about Wakanda and I'm like, ugh, like gross. This is stupid. I mean, it's a real place. Like, I don't know why you have that attitude about it. About Wakanda. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I love Wakanda. I just thought like, like, I don't like the, uh, the like, dropping in like current pop culture it's like i don't know it's always cringy when like shit does that it's like yes. it's like it's like a step away from like you kids eating your tide pods it's like okay like, <laughs> it just always feels dated like just stay away from those kind of jokes because it like doesn't it just ages your shit like with that it doesn't need to like you know now that I'm, now that i'm looking it up it was directed by the same guy who directed dolomite as my name so like i don't like, I don't know. I don't know. That Dolomite movie was fantastic. Oh, my God. I, it's outstanding. Like, it I might love, have been the best, the best Netflix movie to come out in a few years. Like, it's it so was, good. It was really good. It was it was funny. It had a lot of heart. It was directed well. All the performances fucking were great. At, like, raunchy as shit. Wesley Snipes played a gay guy, which is pretty amazing. Well, like, a super down-low gay guy. Oh, yeah. But it was there. It was all there. Hey, I remember you. You were... What movie was it? The, like all the presidents met or something. Yeah, he was. Like, the, yeah, I was in that. He's like, yeah, he's you the were the elevator man. guy. <laughs> Push the button on the elevator. <laughs> See, uh, coming to America is reminding me of a better movie. So it yeah, failed at its it failed at its job. Anything uh, the last movie I watched was a Psycho else. Gorman. Oh, Ooh. that's tangled. Because Gogs no. watched it too. Gogs had already seen it, hadn't he? Oh yeah. Well, no, so I, 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 oh, God, oh, I saw it too. Oh, okay. I, 
Yeah, I was the only one who hadn't seen it. Yeah, we all watched it together. That's the only thing I watched this week. Oh, I bet that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Alex, actually, so here's the thing that's monumental about this. I recommended it, and Alec actually liked it. I thought Alec was going to like it, and he actually liked it. (laughs) Alec, how'd you feel about the movie? I thought it was great. I loved it. I thought it was really, really fun. Um, A really fun, disgusting mess. Don't worry, Mom and Dad. Worry. Worry. (laughs) I will bathe in your blood. He's not. He's family. Yeah, I I thought it was great. Everybody's really funny in it. Uh... For a bunch of like the chemistry they all have, for a bunch of people that like are no name actors who've never been in anything, yeah, is like kind of incredible. I remember the scene I forgot to talk about where what when I talked about it last time, but it makes oh, me your laugh. Your beard's looking time. good, Sean. What's that? Your beard's looking good. Oh, thanks. Um, it seems where he's like, you know, one time this guy had a van full of baseball cards he wanted to show me. Yeah. <laughs> That seems so fucking funny. Yeah, I, I got in his really van and he showed me a pristine collection of baseball, <laughs> baseball cards. cards. I had a great time. The dad, the dad is such a shithead in that movie, and he's so funny. Like he somehow annihilates their microwave, and the wife is like, "What did you do? I made a delicious meal for my family. That's what I did." You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> or that scene where the dad's taking a shit. And Psycho Gorman's like sending an SOS. And it explodes. Astral flame where it's just like, oh! (laughs) He's like, I don't know where that is. We're the corner of Belmont Rose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that movie's so funny. That movie movie rules. It's hilarious. I'm really glad everybody liked that movie because I. Yeah, I I thought it was a gem. It uh, It was delightful. It's it's so much fun, and I hope they never make another one because like it's like perfect. Like don't don't make a sequel. No, make another one where they're what, like where what they're like teenagers, do? and it's in like the the two thousands, and everybody's wearing like jinko jeans. But it's also he, like the post Gorman apocalypse. Yeah, he, like, he, he destroys the world at the end of the movie. Well, just their town. They can move. No, I, uh, I, don't, I don't even think it was. No, I don't even think it was their town. Their town seemed to be fine. He teleported to somewhere else and started blowing shit up. No, the news said it was like this, like Silver Gulch or whatever. It was the uh, same. The I still love report. the fact that, that kid, the kid, the end of the movie, that kid's still the horrifying brain monster. <laughs> parents don't care. <laughs> nope. Well, the best the, uh, is like that scene where they're in the diner. And the brain monster's just sitting outside, and guys just walk past it. Nobody, like, <laughs> gives it a, a second thought. <laughs> Will I ever be normal again? Uh, probably not. No. <laughs> but she still loves him anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That little girl is so funny. She's great. The, the, um, the part where she's, like, praying to the cross, and then she's, she's just asking Jesus what glasses she should wear. Then the end ends the scene by saying, "What do you know? There's a new god in town, and his name is Psycho <laughs> Gorman." And she breaks the cross. What was the fucking the scene where they're like doing the Morse code? It's like I told you, Grandma's in hell like, forever. <laughs> what was your favorite part of the movie, Alec? Um, the science. I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the science. I liked the uh, like the ministry of. 
whatever they were, like Parliament or whatever. Oh, the aliens? Yeah. <laughs> I like at the end where he just pulls a gun out. He's like, who wants to kill themselves? <laughs> yeah. 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 that guy got a .38? He's got a .38 snub nose. I think like, Sean mentioned it, but the one, the one alien is just like a head in a jar, and it emotes. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah it, looks like, it looks like Beaker. It's just like... Oh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a fucking great movie! Yeah, it was great. I can't, can't, can't recommend it enough to anybody. It's, oh, it's so good. Check it. It's short too. It seemed like it was only like an hour and twenty minutes. Also, I think I said I don't know. I was very drunk uh, last night, but uh, I think I didn't catch the first time I watched it that PG is also a, a joke. Like the fact that they call him PG is a joke on the the '90s genre that they're spoofing because those oh. movies were also always PG. This is. I, I think that's what they're going for. I could be wrong. And then the uh, rap, the, the 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 narrative rap at the end of the credits <laughs> is also brilliant. Pretty great. Oh yeah, their song. They said their band and their song, like frig off. Frig oh, off. Yeah. <laughs> I like at one point the sisters like you're out of the band. <laughs> oh, what a delight! I can watch that movie a hundred times. That was my second viewing of it, and it was... I enjoyed it the first time. The second view, I don't know if it was because I was with people or just because I was prepared for what it was. It was so... It was good the first time. It was so much better the second time, because you could, like... You knew what you were in for, and you knew what to, like, listen for. I feel like that movie is... That movie is enhanced by people around you, because, like, I hope... I hope someday, post-COVID, like, we can get, like, a proper screening of that movie, because I would love to watch that in a crowd of people. Like, you have it at the auto bar. Like we get like yeah. movie the podcast hosts the screening of Psycho Gorman. I could Ugh. easily I could arrange that. I mean Yeah, you could, but do we want to really watch a movie with those people? Yeah. Ugh. Baltimore <laughs> rock opera recommends. I mean, can't we just, can't you just invite Matt to Goggs' house and call it a day? <laughs> like Yeah, we could also do that. Jared Gerard uh, yeah, uh, Beef Weasel Matt McCormick would. Pro- I think if he hasn't seen Psycho Gorman, I think he would very much enjoy it. But not that other Matt that watches bad movies on purpose. Yeah, because that brings him joy in life. And he wakes up babies. Um, what was I saying? Oh, the director of the movie liked the drawing I did. That was cool. Oh, uh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. What was the drawing? It was just it was, it was a painting of a little girl kissing the brain monster. It just said, "This could be us, but you planned." <laughs> yeah, that was good. I remember that one. That's awesome. That's always cool when people like like yeah. the, the people show up. Like I feel like it's what's fun nowadays is that like you know we like these smaller movies and those directors are still like closer to you know us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're still like regular. Stuff. We're like, still like regular people. Like I've I've talked to those the the three people that made Turbo Kid in summer of '84 and they're like very active on their social medias and they're very like responsive and it's just awesome. Like they, they make great stuff Or the, the, the people that made Becky, same thing. Like those guys like are very like active on their, their social media platforms. It's cool. Cause I don't know. It, mm, it's, is it, it strikes me as being needy. Why? I like it. No. I, <laughs> I, I, I want, I want my directors to be unattainable. No, I, think I don't want to interact <laughs> with them at all. I think it's cool. I don't know. I I think that there's like something neat about like these guys making these kind of smaller movies that have like, you know, I feel like the people that like Psycho Gorman are going to prop that movie up for years. So it's cool that like they they support, you know, diehards like that. 
Yeah, week by Alec. I have a real sense of entitlement with those movies. Like, it's like you better respond to me. I watched your twelve dollar movie, you piece of shit. Anything else, Alec? Nope. Just finished up. Uh, finished up Wandavision and ended out or ended out ended up uh, really good. Not the ending I wanted, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I agree with that. But yeah, it's uh that is it. Uh, bring bring on Strange. Yeah, uh, I watched Psycho Gorman, which we talked about. I like uh, it. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I watched. I rewatched. I rewatched Onward, still love that. And I watched, and it pissed me off because I was on, um, I couldn't sneak away to watch the rest of it today. I watched the first, like, 20 minutes of um, of Boss Level, Joe, Car- Joe Carnahan and uh, Frank Grillo's Boss Level. I didn't know Joe Carnahan was involved with that. Yeah, and uh, and, and Mel Gibson. Um, and yeah. it's, but it's uh, the first... The first like 20, 30 minutes of it, I was really into. I just need to find time to to wrap it up. It's it was not the movie. It didn't start anywhere near what I expected. The premise being that Frank Grillo is work wakes up. It's Palm Springs, but if Palm Springs was like mixed with like um, shoot 'em up, I guess not John Wick, but like shoot 'em up. Like it's like every day Frank Grillo is awoken by like a team of assassins trying to kill him, and he can't figure out why. And he's in the movie opens with him in his 140th. Every time he dies, the day starts over. And he's 140 tries into this, and he's trying to figure out what the hell. Um, but yeah, I want to Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo's voice is very, very gruff. I don't remember it being as like oh yeah, ravelly. But uh, I got I got to wrap that up. But uh, did you watch uh, Wheelman on Netflix? I think I never was, watched Wheelman. I, I know you guys out. liked it. A lot. It was good. Yeah, watch that. I mean, I might be on an island here, but I like Joe Carnahan movies quite a bit, generally. Even, like, his I, shittier movies. I'm trying to think, what else do I know that Joe Carnahan's done? He made The Gray, which is really good. I like The Gray. He made, he made uh, Smoking Aces. Narc. I like Smoking Aces. He made, uh, I, I do not like Smoking Aces. Yeah, Narc. He made that, that 18 movie. I did not like the 18. I liked Narc. I did not like 18. That 18 movie is not bad, dude. That 18 movie is I don't know the endings. I know the movie's stupid, but the ending's like too stupid for me. I liked it. Um, I really like Narc. I thought Narc is really good. Um, he also made a movie called Stretch with Chris Pine, which isn't a great movie, but like it's fun. I've never seen that. that. Where he's like a limo driver. Interesting. Was that early in Chris Pine's career? I guess no, no, it was like post Star Trek and stuff. It was one of those movies that like got caught like. 80 different people are supposed to release it, and I don't know who uh, did what cocaine and got popped for molesting a waitress, you know, that kind of shit. It's like Hell or High Water, it's like one of these movies that sort of slipped in under the radar. Yeah, not quite to the level of quality of Hell or High Water, but yeah, similar. Hell or High Water is amazing. What a, great, what a great movie that is. Uh, anything else, Scott? Uh, so it's just me, and I just watched the one thing, so we can move on to our feature presentation. Moving on! Battle Royal 2. Battle Royal um, 2. Gogs, what happens in Battle Royal 2? So it's three years after the original Battle Royal, uh, after, I, I always get the dude's name, Na, Nanha, Nana, whatever, um, the, the guy, the kid, the guys who Sh- won. Shunya. Nanahara is last name it's so remember in ja- japanese family name goes yeah first. right um 
So uh, it's three years after that, and that those kids who won in the original movie, well, uh, two, of them. <laughs> no, two, of, two of the kids who won in the original movie, two uh, have two kids two have kids? gone on to, uh, <laughs> to lead a uh, uh, basically a, a terrorist organization or a resistance against adults and ostensibly the United States of America. Uh, can I pause uh, you real quick? Sure. This is my favorite premise of any movie I think ever. Yeah, it's old. These guys cause nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, yeah, some Japanese Japan's you know uh, Japan's nine. It's even worse than nine eleven because it's it's two buildings that look exactly like the two towers, and then like seven other buildings that fall down. So, and this came out what like a year after nine eleven. Like, what what was it like? They were no, they were showing it on the flights. Mm. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> two thousand three. So it it came out r- basically right after nine eleven. Yeah. So so now the idea is Wait, we're going to. By the way, from a production standpoint, that is a bold decision. <laughs> like, let's just make. And also, this isn't like this isn't like that awful. I think it was Mark Wahlberg nine eleven movie. Like that, didn't he make yeah. a nine eleven movie? Like, I'm so. sure. This is like fuck America nine eleven movie. Nine eleven from the point of view of the terrorists. This is the most wild ass fucking like. Like I can't imagine like them going. This is what we want to do with our sequel. Like I, just, I, I think that alone is the reason I like this movie so much. Well, you liked it, and the woman who wrote the Hunger Games liked it because she's. She, she <laughs> yeah, right? I kind of uh, wonder, like, how much of this was in the because the kid, the son, directed this one, but he wrote both of the movies. I wonder how much of this movie was in, like, how different it would be if his father had survived all the way to finish making the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, the father, the father that directed. Uh, he's still credited as the director of this, but he died like early on in production yeah. of this, this movie. So like you can definitely, we'll get into it, but I feel like there's a definite like pit. There's a shift in this movie where like the movie starts out insane and then it definitely calms down and it feels, you can feel that directoral shift in my opinion. Oh, mm-hmm. did, did, did you mention how this movie was co-produced by Sega? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. True? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so this movie is co-produced by Sega. Um, neat. Uh, so <laughs> now you've got the Battle Royal 2 initiative, which uh, they decided to whip it up. They passed the act in whatever the governing body is in Japan. They got all of their branded logoing done. They made their semi-original inflatables and their vests. And they took a bunch of kids. And they're like, well, we're just going to fight kids with kids. Because, you know, that's you fight fire with fire. You, you know, well, you feed a cold, you starve a fever, or whatever I mean, it is. I mean, it makes sense in the context of... Oh, it makes the, perfect the, sense. The, the, same world, the same world that initiated the Battle Royal 1 act to do that again, where it's like, we'll just keep throwing these disposable yeah. kids... We're trying to get rid of them anyway, right? Yeah. So, um... So, they, they hijack another class of students, and taking like a military compound and there's one girl she's the um she was uh beat takashi's daughter uh and she's looking for revenge against these kids because when beat you know she blames them for beat takashi killing himself Incorrect. and that's not correct 
That's not correct? No, she's trying to get perspective on why her father did what he did. She's not she's not mad at the kids. She oh, I thought she was. I missed that. No, no she's trying to understand because she was upset that because she finds the painting somehow. Right, it right. It doesn't yeah, make sense one. how the painting got back to her. Got but recovered, whatever. right. But uh, like, the, before, the, you get, before you get any further, because I, I, I don't know if we'll touch on this scene directly. Can we just like uh, commend whoever dressed B. Takashi like a total dickhead in his <laughs> one scene where he's wearing a pro kids non hooded sweatshirt yeah. and like Zuba's slacks? Like he, he looks like, like he looks like that scene where they uh where uh the uh fucking oh I just botched it. Go ahead, move on. Cancel me. I'm out. Go. He looks like he's shooting Codename Dad or something in an adjacent lot. Like, I've never seen a wardrobe like this in my life. Yeah, it was something. You dress like George's scene from Pulp Fiction. That's what I was going for. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Santa Cruz bananas or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. you guys go to a high school volleyball game? Didn't you you tell me that that's an actual college? No, that is a true thing. University of Southern California, Santa Cruz, the fighting banana slugs. I have one of their t-shirts. That's awesome. I need to get one of those. Anyway, continue. This synopsis should be very fast. Oh, yeah. So now, really... so they, so they put the kids on boats and they explain the whole thing about. Uh, so here's all the rules: if you die, you're you're paired up. If your partner dies, your neck explodes. If yeah, neck you get, college, you should have yeah. not not just simultaneously your neck explodes. Yeah, you it just have to explode. It's just like the first movie. You have exploding neck collars like on you, like the Running Man or whatever. Yeah. So you've got um. If your partner dies, you die, which seems kind of wasteful in my mind, but I guess it gives you an impetus to keep them alive. Um, if you separate more than 50 meters, you both explode. And if you're in the hot zone when the thing goes off, then your neck explodes. Here is your vest. Here's your helmet. Uh, here's your battle rifle without any ammunition. Get in this boat. We're going at it. And they send them in. Steven Spielberg saving Private Ryan styley. Uh, yeah, today. They are under fire. Yeah, yeah. like twenty of them get fucked up. It's funny because the first movie, they're very deliberate, and kids die slowly. I would say, like it's it's a it's a they take much more time developing the kids' characters in the first movie, whereas in this movie, like twenty kids die at once, <laughs> and it's just like yeah, I think the kids don't even get to shore. I think they lose twelve or fourteen before they well, even get I, to the coast. And I think what they're trying to, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking this, but I think what they're trying to do is they're making more of a critique on, like, the, like, namelessness of dying in a war. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're just yeah. a, you're just cannon fodder. It doesn't matter. Like, 12 of you die in five minutes. None of, we don't know any of you. We might know your name, but we don't know anything about you, and you're just dead. Like, I, I think that's an interesting juxtaposition compared to the first one where it's like every death was a lot more meaningful and serious, where this one's just like, eh, whatever. Uh, anyway, continue. So they're they're fighting their way up the coast, uh, and these kids are doing pretty good for just being kids, doing never had any form of military training. Uh, they get airdropped uh, ammunition and toilet paper. Uh, yeah, well, just like the first movie, they get, they get airdropped, uh, like, they get airdropped extra shit, but some of them... 
say congratulations and it's stuff that they need. And then other ones are like, ah, you got the fucking whammy and they have like toilet paper. And so shit. even in this operation that the government has a vested interest in success, they're, they're still fucking with these kids. Well, yeah, it's just like the first movie where like the one guy got like a pan. Well, I mean, I still think, and they don't explicitly say this in the movie, but it's I still, still think entertainment. Like, yeah, too, it's right? for entertainment, like, yeah. one, and two, they don't really care because if this class doesn't succeed, they'll just throw another class in there until the U.S. bombs everything. So, I did, so we'll get it, well, we'll get into it later. Um, so oh, now, the, sorry, real quick, I, I know you didn't mention Ricky Taguchi in this, but like he's amazing. He's so he good. amazing. But it's something I always forget till I watch movies again that him and Beat Takashi are playing themselves it's somehow very, in the movie. Yeah, it's very strange. Well, and the other thing is, if you read, so if you read the book. That that battle nope. royal based on it's pretty good. Hunger Games. No, the the teacher in the book is like v- described very differently than Beat Takashi. And then if you read the manga, which I never did, but I I've read this comparison, the manga teacher is like way different than Beat Takashi. So it's like weird. Like I don't know why they decided to be like, you know, use their real names. It's a very strange to- choice. Like Gogs even said when he saw it, he's like, oh, I'm. It's Ricky Taguchi playing Ricky Taguchi. It's very strange. I love, I love Ricky Taguchi. Though. Well, He's like Japanese, honestly, like Nick Cage. I don't think it's str- I think they are not just named the same. I think they are literally playing themselves as the celebrities in the movie. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Oh, like they're the celebrity host, basically? Yeah, that's I think that's what's going on. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. That's interesting. Um, So that they're fighting their way up the coast or up into the, you know, in, inland they're getting shot to pieces, and then at some point, like one of the sniper kids that they're trying to raid, uh, notices these kids. These are they're fighting children, and they're wearing collars. So then they uh, they kind of pull back and let the kids. They kind of like let them get in, and then you've got the scene from the rock. Oh, yeah, it's a cool comes sequence. Out of the showers. It's a cool sequence because the sniper realizes that they're just throwing kids up against them, so they don't want to. They don't. They don't want to murder them because they they understand who they are and like what they're doing. Whereas before they're just they just are soldiers storming the beach, so they don't have the 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 foresight to realize what they're doing. And might be yeah, the soldiers that show up later in this film are the worst. <laughs> yeah, like I don't mean that from like a from like a moral perspective. Like they're not like monsters. They're just they're they're, they're imperial stormtrooper level bad at their job. Like it's just um. Believable. So, so now the movie kind of hits a slow middle, where the kids kind of you know there's a there's a standoff mm-hmm. at gunpoint, and then there's uh the, I guess the I guess the the battle royal folks decide to blow all the necklaces or they do something because everyone's necklaces start chirping, and the they break out their EMP sledgehammer device, it wipes out all the necklaces, uh the the kids get free, and so now these guys have. Uh, these battle royal two kids, uh, through a series of conversations, get one over into the the BR one crowd and are now also Which freedom are, fighters. They're called Wild Seven. Wild Seven. Um, and then you've learned about like and, and now these kids, these kids that were fighting for you know or fighting to to take the island. They they hate adults too. They're just you know they have a gun to their well they have a, a bomb to their neck. Um, so yeah. what are they going to do about it? Uh, so then you find out about you know what happened after the first movie and basically the kid, um, the kids from the first movie went to like 
live in like Afghanistan for a while and like, <laughs> like this really weird like Sally yeah, Struthers like scene of children. Wh- yeah, Sean's right. They 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 live with the Mujahideen. Yeah, like, shout out, that. shout out to the gallant, the, the, <laughs> the gallant, gallant soldiers of the, soldiers of the Mujahideen. <laughs> it's oh. fucking, it's fucking wild. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's one thing where they basically are making the clear, uh, you know, they're calling them terrorists. Like, there's a line early in the movie where they're like, "I'll never forget what you did," which is a clear fucking 9/11 reference. Like, but then they just go ahead and are like, "Oh yeah, they lived in Afghanistan and learned fucking terrorism." <laughs> like, it's if you tried insane. to make this movie here, people would kill you. It would. Oh, I, it, it wouldn't well, let you. I th- this movie got death threats. Like, people were pissed off when this movie came out. I'm telling you. And I, I'll get into it a little later, I'm sure. But I think the main reason this movie is hated so much is because it's the anti-American pro-terrorist movie. Well, yeah, if you, not- the, if you read all the reviews, like 75% of the reviews are about just the premise of the movie, how much they I, hate it. Yeah, I, I don't have any hard time believing that because I don't think the movie, like people have such a violent reaction to this movie I don't think it's even about the movie. I think they're just upset because you made a fucking America sucks movie a year after 9-11. Like, the closest ins- thing in tone I can think of to this movie is a British movie called Four Lions, which is a flippant movie about ISIS. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. But they're, they're, they're presented as bungling, kind of. like So it's it softens it a little bit. Like It's still kind of controversial, but it's nothing like this where it just kind of revels in it. Yeah, no, the terrorists are the heroes in this movie. Like, without a doubt. It's not even a, a gray area. Like, they are completely the heroes. And then, uh, guys, you can continue. I'll, we'll get into the other themes of this movie as we move on. So, at this point, they've realized that this the, the whole thing's gone south. The kids use their super hacking skills on their weird, desolate atoll or whatever to... Uh, to, to hack all computers and electronic devices and, and let out their manifesto about we're going to war with adults just like children of the corn. And then um, then then the, the island gets kind of sort of bombed. And that's when the the prime minister of Japan's like, yo, we got to send in we got to send in him and clean him up before that country bombs yeah. this island to pieces, which which brings me to. Uh, I'll raise this point now. I still don't understand why Japan doesn't just bomb that island to pieces. Like I'm still, it's like, so the way I read it and I could be wrong, but I think what this is, is I think this is a very good, it's not, it's not done particularly well, but it is a, it's a metaphor, right? Like they, the Japanese see the battle Royal program as like honorable. So like they are conducting, their business, an honorable, an yeah. honorable way, it, or moreover, let's look at it in a different context. I think the message of the movie is don't is bomb that, children. Well, no, I think the the message of the movie is America can't keep their hands out of anyone else's business. Like America has no place dealing with this battle royal problem, but they decide to fucking intervene. Whereas. Like, I think that's that's the message of the movie. Like, America sucks, they're overreaching, and they police the world. Oh, I mean, and, I, I don't disagree with and that. And I think in the context of the movie, I think what, what Ricky Taguchi's whole thing is, and why he gets so upset, is because 
Japan was doing it like an honorable way. And obviously mm-hmm. it's not, but in their own weird, like twisted logic it is. But then America's got to come in and just fucking drop bombs like they always do. And that's like the crux of the movie. Well, I could be wrong. I don't know, Sean, do you, do you disagree you're, with you're, that? You're right. That's the whole point of that entire chalkboard scene and that chalkboard in the movie itself. Right. Because they, they use the phrase America bombed very regularly in the movie. Yeah. Not invaded, not this. I think it's the actual, like, and I think this is, this happens a lot in Japanese media, specifically around like the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, it's just that residual kind of like dealing with getting those bombs dropped on them. Well, yeah. And not it, just like a. It's a big this deal. Like, this, well, this isn't like a, a poor Japan thing because all the shit they did to the Chinese and whatever. But oh, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that's another show. Um, but like not only the atomic bombs, but they also firebomb Tokyo like into the fucking dirt for yeah, yeah. quite a long time. So like. I think there's a there's a really negative connotation to the act of bombing specifically. So I think TJ's right in his read on that. Yeah, it's just yeah. First time for everything. Um, also, it's fun to hear a Japanese person say El Salvador. El Salvador. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's weird that in the scene with the prime minister, right? They never say the U.S. They just say that country. I bet you, and I don't know this for a fact, but this was distributed by Toei, right? Toei yeah. is a a major studio in Japan, probably the biggest studio in Japan. I bet you there was a there was a production note that said note. you can not say America. Like because we all know what you mean, but you, you notice they never say America in the. They movie. do when they well, the, well no they say America when Sean what Sean just said when they do the the chalkboard scene they do yeah. But not when it's direct action. You're talking about past action. So like I, I guess think, yeah, that's historically well, accurate. That's that they, would, they would get bombed for real. For real. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then uh, they send in the the bumbling Keystone Cop version of. Uh, oh, real quick, of, I don't. I think I might have mentioned this before, but Quentin Tarantino was actually supposed to play the president of the United States in this movie. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> that would have been so good. Damn it! Oh. Why didn't we get that? scheduling oh that would have been so great i would have loved to have seen that i know he's a big fan of the first movie yeah i think he put it on like his best movies of like ever list i i saw some list and it's like high up there i was like all right good for you i won't watch the tomahawks if you just show me your feet (laughs) Uh, well he put uh he put uh, Gogs, you mentioned it. He put what's her name from Battle Royal in Kill Bill. Yeah, Goku Yubari, whatever. Goku Yubari is. is one of the kids in Battle Royal One. Um, so now they send in the the troops, and now we've got another storm in the beach scene. These guys are terrible. These kids are just picking them apart. Yeah, but the like, kids do a very good job at dispatching these troops. Like the yeah. troops suck. <laughs> they, but then they like basically the the troops whittle them down. They get into the. They get they get into the base. I think they the the Wild Seven group has like laced it with explosives just in case. Yeah, and there's a tunnel. Them. It's never really stated how far away this island is from the mainland, but they found a tunnel that might lead to the mainland. Yeah. Um. So basically, they split up the the youngest kids. There's like a there's like a legit baby in this scene. Um. They see all the young. They, they arm they arm all these toddlers with AKs and send them in the tunnels where the older kids. Uh, fight it out to the death. Uh, shooty, 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 blammy, kabammy. And then uh, the island blows up. And everybody's like, well, that's the end of that chapter. 
And Wait, I'm, at, I'm at. You didn't. You didn't go through the Ricky Taguchi death scene. The oh, strange. The well, yeah, strange, well, strangest point, scene in maybe film history. Like, so at this point in the movie, uh, and and uh, show fan Anthony was joining us, and he was pointing out that everyone now has death speeches in this movie. Uh, so people are dying, people are lamenting, and then Ricky Taguchi ends up on the island in like full rugby regalia. Yeah, earlier with, in the movie, before they got drugged, they they were playing rugby, much like in the first movie, it was a basketball scene. In yeah. this movie, it's a rugby scene. It's kind Can of somebody stupid. please like dress in that tracksuit and slam a rugby ball and <laughs> announce that it's Christmas this year. As as oh, your oh, exclusive. Oh, thank you for pointing that out. This is a it, this is one to remember. This is a non traditional Christmas movie. They make mention that it's Christmas like a hundred times Several in the fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, TJ, I wanted to ask you because I figure if anybody of us knew you would like, what is is Christmas a thing in Japan like at all? Yeah, they so. Well, there's two things, right? Christianity actually is Christianity is pretty popular in Japan, yeah. believe it or not. Uh, those idiots. Uh, but uh, they also like to just celebrate Christmas. Like, it, like you remember the joke in The Simpsons where like he had the robot and it's like annual gift giving man. Yeah, yeah. Where it's Santa Claus. That's legit how Japan celebrates Christmas. Like they just like the idea of like what it represents, so they just celebrate it like that. Kind of the way most Americans celebrate Christmas, to be honest. But yeah, Christmas is a thing in Japan. Also, here's a fun cultural note. You know it's the most popular place to eat on Christmas? You have to get fucking reservations. McDonald's. Fried chicken. KFC. Yeah. KFC. KFC is the correct <laughs> one, yeah. KFC, like, people... Taco like, Bell, it, after it won the franchise wars. <laughs> it's a weird... Like, they love KFC, first of all. And, like, eating a KFC on Christmas is, like, a tradition in Japan. You have to get reservations to get it. It's like an insult. Like, it's such a weird... No, they love... Well, you know, a lot of Japanese stuff. They love, like... They love Western culture. They love American culture, so... Mm. And they make everything that we have cooler. They like our culture, but they don't like our bombs. Come on. (laughs) Real quick, I don't want to get on a weird tangent, but I know there's not a whole lot left in this movie, so I'll tell a story real quick. The, uh... You've seen that movie Mr. Baseball, right? Love yeah. it. Okay. Tom Selleck's character was loosely based on a guy named Randy Bass that played for um, the uh, Hanshin Tigers, and he played for, like, the Astros, I think. And they, uh, the year they went to the pennant, everybody had a lookalike of one of the players on the team jump into this bay near Hanshin, and they couldn't find anybody look like Randy Bass, of course, so they grabbed the Colonel Sanders statue <laughs> from in front of the KFC and threw it in the bay, and then the Hanshin Tigers didn't win uh, didn't go to the playoffs for like 30 years, so they they dredged this fucking bay, and reinst- like reinstalled Colonel Sanders, and like now they like leave tributes and shit to him. Like it was like legit the curse of Colonel Sanders. Looking it up, it's fucking nuts. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, anyway, we uh, only dredged the bay to get statues of Christopher Columbus back out of it. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or oh, uh, for Elvis Costello songs. <laughs> nice. Uh, anyway, moving on. So uh, now, so at the end of the movie, she shows up, and I still don't understand why. I guess he believes in it so much. He strapped a necklace on himself, so he's going to go down with the ship. He has the necklace on himself from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's from Alan pointed that out, like when we were watching. He's like, "Why does he have the necklace?" And like, they, it is weird that he has it from the beginning. Yeah, he, like, he kind of flashes it when he's showing the other. Does he think, point to it when he's talking to the kids? Yeah, I think what it is is I think he's. 
in a weird way, he feels connected to these kids. Like well, I think he like, he's like, I wish I could have played rugby with you. Like, yeah, is it, he is he just over the age of like is he just into adulthood? I mean, Rick, Ricky Taguchi is at least forty in this movie, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, it's it's weird. I'm not going to tell you I understand this scene. It's fucking bonker. It's why I love it. Because it doesn't make a fucking lick of sense. I don't get it. I don't understand how Ricky Taguchi got there. Like, like what's he, causing his necklace to even blow up? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know any so of anyway, that. It makes so no sense. So he's getting ready to blow his neck up. He's like, everybody go, run away. And then he, he like... Dressed in a full, like, rugby outfit. And he's got the rugby ball from the game earlier. And yeah. yeah. So then he just... Uh, he John Elway's himself over the line to, to get the ball in, and uh, ex- his neck explodes on Christmas. And uh, all the kids, well, some of the kids explode, some of the soldiers explode. Uh, no one knows what happened, but it, everybody thinks that everyone's dead. And then, well, well it, it's they're dead because the the U.S. bombed. Oh, and the, then, yeah, the U.S. just missile command. No, it wasn't. Didn't the, the Japanese do it? I thought it was the U.S. I don't think the, the Japanese did it. Well, whatever. Somebody missile commands the fuck out of this thing, and there's missiles coming in from literally like every. Ever. There's coming skipping across the water, like. Um, and there's a cool little Chiron that, like, because before, like, you got the little update every time somebody died, and this time it's like everybody's dead. Game void or something. It's just like the game it didn't exist. You know, it's 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 the it it doesn't matter now. It's. Then you're back. You're uh, then you you cut to uh. Cut to Afghanistan, where the kids that did survive the game are now living with the brave people of the Mujahideen. Yeah, and, and you get to see because uh, it is kind of annoying in the movie. So, you, like, so in the first movie, uh, Shinya and his and the girl survive. I forget her name, and you don't see the girl this whole movie until the very end of the movie. And I want to say I could be wrong. I think in the theatrical cut, I think the movie ends right after the bombing. So I don't even think you see her in the regular version of the story. Yeah, I don't think you... I could be wrong, but... I don't I've know. never seen the theatrical cut, so I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and then, yeah, that's it. That's, that's yeah. the movie. Yeah, that is Royal 2. They're training to be uh, terrorists. Uh, more terrorists. Yeah, um, against adults. Yeah, this movie is insane. Like, I think, like, its ambition is just... It's just nuts. Like, I can't, like... I mean, I hate America and like, you know, like, but to, to, I don't know if I'm sure, I mean, we're all the same age, but like, do you remember how pro America shit was after nine 11? Like come out with this kind of statement then is, I mean, it's still like Sean said, it's still crazy now, but even, but back then even more so like it's nuts. (laughs) It's yeah. insane to be like, oh yeah, America fucks everything up, and you know what? They inspire terrorists. I mean, it's true, but to say that when the wound is Don't so raw, it. <laughs> it's crazy. And like, I, I, it's hard to move. Like for people that hate this movie, like Sean said, it's it's hard to move past that. But it's even hard to move past it when you like the movie, like I do. Like it's kind of nuts. Like I. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, one thing I will say, I'll, I I remember I remember watching this movie and I absolutely hated the CGI blood. But now, 
after 20 years or so of watching CGI blood, the CGI blood in this isn't even bad. It's really not. There's like two scenes where it hits the camera where I was like, I hate that. You know, I hate that. Like, come on. But overall, I thought the production design's pretty good. It's great that they use real sets. Like all the, all the like locations look great. Like, I think that the, the, the action sequences are done pretty well. Like, again, they're not, they're not Frank Grillo and they're not Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're kids that they're freaking out and they barely know what they're doing. And I think that they do a good job in conveying that in the action sequences. Like, I don't know. I think there's a lot to like about this movie. There's definitely a soggy middle, like, and I feel like the ending could have been chopped down significantly. I really do think that the credits should have rolled after the, the bombs hit. Like, I think that's a better. The problem with the middle isn't and the, well, I guess like the, a little bit more than the middle isn't so much that it's slow. It's that the beginning of the movie is so insane. Like nothing, like it would have to be the raid to continue in the way that it is. You know what I mean? Like they have to slow down to kind of tell you what's going on and who's related to who, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like you can't. (laughs) Yeah. They, the beginning of this movie is like, all killer, no filler. Like it's nuts. <laughs> like the the it's, first like fifteen yeah. minutes of this movie are just bonkers. Like it, it it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what y'all think. Bef- bef- do we do we want to just get into five knuckle shuffles? Or do we have anything else we want to talk about? I mean, I'm I'm good with just getting into it. Five knuckle shuffle time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alec, I'm interested in this. Six. Oof. Oof. Don't remind me of better movies like Battle Royale 1. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this movie was fine. It. I don't know. I had trouble paying attention or following it, though. Like, even watching it with you guys out back, like, I still, it. there were definitely points where I totally tuned it out. Like, because it would just drug on. And, like, mm-hmm. the movie doesn't have a soggy middle. It has, like, three soggy, like, parts. Not even middles. I got three soggy parts. <laughs> you do. My, my so, whole like, body is a soggy you part. Go, you go from the first, like, half hour, like, all thriller, all thriller, not even close to filler, and then it just stops. And then yeah, it, goes it moves again. in a clip. It and goes then... again, and then it stops. I think that happens like three times. And like, I just don't have that kind of attention span, especially for a movie I got to read. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. All right. It, like, it was fine, but it, it's, I think the first one's better. I wouldn't even question that. Yeah. The first it's one's simp- It's simpler. And I just, I, I think it's a easier concept to follow. Although right. I will say this was ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> Super ambitious. Um, Gogs. Uh, I'm going to do you one better and give it a seven. Um, it's sort of the same things. Like the parts that are fast are fast and fun. Uh, Battle Royal, the original one's nine, ten territory. It's it's a much more complete movie. You learn more about the kids. You care more about the kids. Um, this one's spectacle and it's wild. There's crazy shit that happens. But in between the crazy shit that happens, it's kind of slow and, you know, I, I know it's trying to be dramatic and do whatever it's trying to do, but it, 
know, it's I, I I would like a little. The pacing is so jarring, and you know this it. You don't really get any time with the new cast of kids. Like you really don't know much about any of them. Um, Aside from Takashi's daughter, yeah. But you got you, know, you get your typical archetypes of like you know the the nerdy kid and the goody two shoes and oh, like the bad God. kid and like the ugly one and like the um, you know the nerd because he has glasses and you know so the bad because he has like yeah. an afro. So and so, what's her face? The the ugly ugly one. One. Um, every boy. <laughs> Teen Girl Squad Battle Royale would be something Teen else. Teen Girl Squad was the best. So yeah, it's it, you know, it's a seven. Um, but it's you know it, it's 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 worth watching. It's it's interesting. Uh, it's fucking nuts. But if you're gonna if you have a choice between watching Battle Royale and Battle Royale Two, Battle Royale is the superior film. Like what a strange choice. choice. <laughs> you can only watch the sequel or the original, right? Do I have to watch the sequel to get the original to understand the sequel? No. No, but uh, you can only watch one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Sean. Uh, I'm going to give this an eight, and I realize, and I agree with everybody's thoughts on the movie, and I would say Battle Royal is an objectively better film from a craft standpoint, but not only have I seen that movie a lot, I've seen that type of movie a lot. Like, it's just, like, deadlocked for kids, you know what I mean? Like, th- yeah. that that was shocking then because it was children. But it's like, I'm so desensitized to that shit, and I've never seen a movie with a premise like this one. <laughs> so you're for that, and, like, how fucking, like, just, like, Looney Tunes bonkers it is for the first, I don't know, 40 minutes. I almost don't care that the middle's boring because it's just, like, Whatever. I don't remember that when I think about this movie. All I think about is Ricky Taguchi off of Gunderstun and like screaming and getting <laughs> knives thrown at him and just blood everywhere and Merry Christmas. Like, yeah. if this movie was just a collection of gifts, it would be the best movie ever. <laughs> like, you know, just like the smiling kids with their, their fucking Muja gear at the end. Like, yeah, the, the middle is boring, but it has to be for the way that they paste it. I don't know how you would make it less so. Um, and still make the same movie they're trying to make. But I don't know. Like, I, I have a weird, like, I can't score this movie, like, super objectively. So I'm going to give it an eight, even though I realize it's, like, not really deserving of such. TJ. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of you because I feel the exact same way. This is an eight for me, dog. I would say the original Battle Royal is a 10. I think it's a great movie. I think it's a modern classic. I, I really like that movie a lot. Um. It's a movie that's so good, it forced me to read the book, so you know I liked it. Um, yeah. Uh, fun fun little note about the book, and I don't think this is the book's fault, but, like, half of my book was published upside down. <laughs> I think it was a printing error. <laughs> like I, I, got halfway, so. I got halfway through the book, and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, it didn't um, have a backup story? No, it was <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't a comic book. Um the book's really good, by the way. If you like, if you like the first movie, definitely read the book. Because the, the cool thing about the the book, the movie is a great adaptation of the book. But what's cool is like, there's a lot of scenes in the in the movie where they hint at like murders, like the the one girl that like ends up getting into like killing everybody. Like, there's a few scenes where you see her in the aftermath of all the murders. The book actually explains what happens in all the. It's a it's a really cool book. I highly recommend. It. It's a little long. And uh, I don't know if any, I'm sure Sean, I think Gogs has too. 
if you've ever read a book that's translated from another language, sometimes there's a little, there's some little hiccups there that are kind of tough to read. Yeah, like, like every what? Russian sci-fi novel. Yeah, like, I read Metro like, 2033. Metro yeah. Like, like, but anyway, uh, the Battle Royal book I would recommend. A Battle Royal one is, a, is like I said, a classic. It's a 10. But Battle Royal 2 for me is an 8 because I, I don't know. I, 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 think, I think I've been very consistent in my scoring where – I give originality more points than kind of anything. And I don't know I've ever seen a movie like this, like just to be so anti-American and to be so pro-terrorist and not be a joke. Like it, it, it's nuts. It's fucking insane. And then like to the fact that like you followed up, like arguably one of the most popular and successful Japanese films where you knew you were going to have a lot of eyes on this movie because like even I know it took a long time for battle Royal to officially be released in America. I would say the battle Royal one back in the day, back in the early two thousands, that was the most popular like bootleg that like everyone had seen, but like you couldn't officially buy it. Yeah. I went on it. I think I told you about the date I went on. I had to go to a mall like kiosk yeah. in Annapolis to buy this thing on bootleg DVD. Yeah. I got like, my first copy of it bootleg at Baltimore Comic Con like, with yeah. like a hand printed, like, yeah. It might have just been masking tape that said Battle Royal on it. I think that, that to follow up your like super popular movie that was not only popular in Japan, but popular pretty much everywhere with this is nuts. Like it's so insane that I got to respect the swing. Like I think that the beginning of this movie is really interesting. I think that they did. I think that instead of doing what they usually do in a sequel, where you're kind of just make the first movie over again, this movie did interesting things where they were trying to, uh, they were trying to play with what the themes were in the first one, right? Like, I think that again, like I, I kind of said before, I think the whole, the whole point of the deaths being meaningless and the kids getting less screen time is intentional. And I think it's really interesting. I think it's a, like, I think the first movie is, is a cultural critique, whereas this is more of a critique on like war itself and like country States and that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it doesn't land and its metaphors are a little muddy, but like the fact that they did it and they like, I don't know, I, I give it a lot of respect and I enjoy it for how insane it is. I love Ricky Taguchi. I love the the flashback to beat Takashi where like he's a shitty dad and he gives his fucking daughter a present a day late. And his response is, well, I guess I should just kill myself, <laughs> <laughs> which is like the most we've like, all been there gaslighting fucking bullshit like i don't know that's some that's some shit that uh the van's gonna have to deal with and aj are gonna have to deal with when they oh, go every, every every day God, oh, you didn't like, like oh. macaroni and cheese <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets okay yeah, you got oh, regular chicken nuggets oh, oh, i'm gonna yeah. kill myself yeah Oh, you, you crayon broke? I'm just going to launch myself into traffic. You're going to have just a noose in your carport. Like, it's like you just point at it. I just like, tap it. Just like, give it like a, don't make me tap the noose. <laughs> and then we're all sitting around at his fucking wheelchair party. And it's like, yeah, and then Liz came out and saw him and said there's something to live for. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I also, like Sean, I agree this movie is, is far from perfect. 
And I do think that there is there is a soggy middle to this movie. But like, I I just again I I have to agree with Sean. When I think about this movie, I don't think about those parts. Like the the parts that have burned their 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 into my mind is the intro where you have like a recreation of the towers falling down. Like that alone, like that's your opening <laughs> shot. Four times. Like it's your opening shot is like the fucking towers falling down. Like that's nuts. Like I can't imagine. Like yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Like I I don't know that that gets all the points for me. I I, I love this movie. I have defended this movie since it came out. I will defend this movie till the day I die. Um. So yeah, it's an eight for me, dog. And thank you guys for. Uh, for watching this one uh last year last year's pick was turbo kid which i think is a better movie but like got a worse score from well it's people. better than my birthday pick and dogs is so true uh, yeah but anyway uh yeah so if this, yeah if this podcast is still going on in november everybody's getting to watch cube i'm not even hypercube. no 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 we gotta watch the first one we gotta uh, or maybe cube zero if we're feeling spicy uh so who gets next week's pick oh cubra uh, who's the Chaswick Bows March? Uh, you Sean. pick birthday boy. There you go. Oh shit. Um, or who has a pick ready? Does anybody have a pick ready? I was gonna pick the Five Bloods, but that movie's like really long. But that's what I'm picking. All right. It's. I mean, it's not as bad to watch long movies now that we don't have to watch them like the night of the yeah. Five Bloods. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah. I think yeah. It's, it's a Netflix, Netflix original. Alec, you've already seen that one, haven't you? Yes, I liked it a lot. I remember you saying... Hang on, which which do you think would be a better one? Because I'm picking between two. This or Message from the King? I was going to pick Message from the King because I've also seen The Five Bloods. Well, then I'll pick The Five Bloods. Cool. Yeah, they're both solid choices. He's he's not in The Five Bloods nearly as much. The Five Bloods is really Delroy Lindo's movie. Delroy Lindo's fucking amazing. Message from the King and Gogs has to repick. All right, that's fair. Wait, what did you just pick? Message from the King. Okay. All right. That's the what what is that on? Netflix too? It's yep. also a Netflix movie, I believe. Yes, it is. Okay, cool. All right. Well that'll be next week. Hopefully by the time you all hear this, the website will be back up. I hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, but we'll see. Uh if not, subscribe to our YouTube. Like, subscribe and uh, hit the bell icon or whatever they say. Yeah, make sure you give them notifications. <laughs> Yeah, you all need to. So I'm I'm dabbling with the idea of of putting the video right to YouTube. So you all should have little. You got to change your, your Google icons if you're not going to put your video up to some fun icon. So I so when it shows the video, you can see like a fun icon. Guys, I found out that only twenty uh, percent of the people listening to the show are actually subscribing. So that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> that's a joke. Sean, Sean and I watch way too much YouTube. Where I immediately got that joke. Uh, anyway all right everybody see you next week all right later later boners